0: Hello and welcome to Wednesdays with Woody. This week we're interrupting your summer renaissance to bring you this hot ass mess of a show. It's Wednesdays. (laughs) If you didn't know, I'm your host Woody Woods and this week, this week kids, I am gagging over the Beyonce album renaissance. On Friday the 29th of July, Beyonce released her seventh studio album, Renaissance, which was just a kaleidoscope of good music, good feel-good music. Um, I've listened to the album about several times and it's very hard for me to critique exactly where she went wrong here, but All I can say is that this is a beautiful, beautiful, big, fat-ass, gay mess, and I'm here for it all the way. On the album itself, before it was released, Beyonce herself has said she was looking for a safe place. A place without judgment. A place to be free of perfectionism and overthinking. A place to release, scream, and feel freedom. And you really feel that all coming through on this album. From start to end, the majority of the album is indeed made up of dance tracks and the dance floor has always been a place for people just to release their tension, find freedom from their mundane existences and just escape one's reality. An escape we did into a big fat ass gay world. One of the things that had me really excited about this album just a couple of days before it was released was um some content or some some quotes that Beyonce had said that the album was really inspired by one of her uncles Johnny um who was a gay man and it really comes through you really feel it in almost every single track there's so much joy here there is so much freedom here there is so much laughter and just having fun having fun with music so i think that everything that she set out to accomplish with this body of work she really did you really get the sense of freedom you really get the sense of release you really get the sense of getting on the dance floor and getting bodied um finding your freedom finding oh gosh i i I don't even know what to say i really really loved loved all of the tracks on this album Well, not all of them. There's one or two that I am just like, "Mm, girl, these were unnecessary. But, 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 I can appreciate them. However, that's not to say there wasn't a little bit of controversy surrounding the release of the album. On Friday morning, I was geared up to go to the gym and put my headphones on and escape into this world that Beyonce had created for us. But before any of that could take place, there I was scrolling through TikTok and I came across a video of Khalees who was calling out Beyonce and Chad and Pharrell for stealing her work, um, without her consent. Um, I really do feel for Khalees as an artist of her calibre to be swindled, um, out of her music rights, um... And I don't know the intricacies of it. I've seen a couple of blog posts and I've read a couple of stories and watched a couple of stories um, around this specific point that Khalees was making. And it would appear that she was swindled, um, maybe allegedly, she was allegedly swindled by Chad and Pharrell from having the rights to her music and as we've seen over the years with Taylor Swift and many other artists that this is something that is very prevalent in the music industry. I mean there's a long history of Elvis and the Blackstreet Boys and NSYNC and And, 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 it goes on forever and a day um, of artists stealing from each other, stealing actual bodies of work, (laughs) stealing actual lyrics. Um, It's nothing new. Um, But as always, in any contract that any of us should sign in this life, read the fine print, understand what you're getting yourself into. And that's not to say that somehow... Khalees was an idiot and she didn't know like what she was doing you know I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to degrade her or make her into an idiot no absolutely not um I do feel like that when you're a young artist and you really want to make it into the industry you you can be you can sign things that happens a lot um but yeah let's get into the music Oh my word! So for me, Beyonce really took us on an adventure with this one. Um, while watching TV on Friday, um, taking a break from my listening sessions (plural sessions), um, me and my sister were busy watching another music, but another music video from another artist. And my sister commented and said that, "Oh my word! This song is so long." It was literally only three minutes, and when i reflected on that comment in the context of this body of work from beyonce what i realized is that oh my word she has cracked something that many many artists most probably do intensely struggle with in a social media age where our concentration span is absolutely so limited and here she is giving us this full 16 track album but it doesn't feel Like that at all. It feels like you are like traveling through a galaxy of music, and some of the harmonies and beats are only like one or two minutes before they change and flip and transform into a different beat and a different, um, a different beat and a different genre for all intents and purposes. And that for me was such an excellent structure to this. To this album um there are tracks that start off for all intent of purpose purposes are relatively slow and then speed up towards the end and you don't feel that you don't feel that and it's really smart in the social media age to be able to recognize the intent the attention span of your audience um because really our inte- our attention span is absolutely in this day and age it's it's nothing given that we are on TikTok and Instagram which are feeding us 30 second or one minute reels and videos that we want to c- consume very very quickly before moving on to the next thing so that for me was a brilliant brilliant choice on Beyonce's part for this album like super intelligent super well thought out um And you don't feel it, you really, really don't feel it. I've listened to this album, I think, oh my gosh. I don't wanna say a hundred times because (laughs) that would be an exaggeration. I've listened to this album quite a few times and every single time I started from track one, thinking that by the time I get to track 10 or whatever the case might be, I'm gonna be tired. No, I did not get tired. I wasn't even dancing, I was at the gym, I was cleaning, I was making food, I was in the car. I did not get tired there are definitely some tracks which stand out to me as big hits or yeah big hits um but that's for me i understand that when we're all engaging with bodies of work um not everything is gonna like hit your buttons some some is gonna work for you and some is not going to work for you but for me everything here really really worked well together um, it's a full body of work and as Beyoncé has said previously in interviews that people don't engage with music like this. They don't listen to music like this anymore. They don't entertain music like this anymore. We want a 30 second snippet of something and then that will be it and then we move on to the next thing. So this this was brilliant, brilliant on her part for me. As a gay identifying man, part of the LGBTQIA plus community, I'm obviously going to love all of the gay references on this album, but, and there's always a but, but I've always had a challenge when it comes to cishet women specifically, um, taking from the culture Um, or appropriating the culture for oriented purposes um, for their own uses Um, but (laughs) but I do understand that there is a long a long narrative around cis-hit women and gay men when it comes to the relationship that the two share so I I mean as much as I have uh, Especially that I do have a problem. I cannot, I cannot say that, oh You should not be <laughs> doing any of this. No. It really it I suppose what what eases my mind is that this feels almost as though it's, it's a homage to her gay uncle. Um, which I'm perfectly okay with. You're paying homage to someone you're paying, homage to the experience that you've had with them, which Bodes well with me. (laughs) Um, And I'm okay with that. Um, I loved. I loved. I mean. Yes fine. It's a dance album. But. The way that it leans into the ballroom culture. Oh. Beautiful. 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 Beautiful execution. And obviously. There's a long history around ballroom culture. Which started in New York. And was mainly taken up by black lgbtqia plus people um in new york and as we've seen with the last i think three albums on beyonce there's really a heavy slant or a heavy movement towards um towards celebrating black culture um and in this instance you're celebrating black gay culture um which is very different from the bodies of work that she's provided with us previously, which was centered mainly around women and black women and women empowerment. Um, This was really refreshing for me. (laughs) I really loved it more than I can say I've loved a lot of her previous bodies of work. The ballroom beats that you hear coming through are just beautifully executed, um, beautifully done. It just works really, really well. And I know that Drake was instrumental in this album and one of my friends actually commented, she was like, why is it that when Drake released his album, we were ready to crucify him for providing us with dance beats and when Beyonce does it, we are automatically here celebrating. And my response to her was that, well, Drake, for me, <laughs> Drake, for me, is an experimental rap artist. He experiments experiments with um, rap music in a different way that we've never seen before. But we've obviously seen in other artists, such as Frank Ocean, um, Tyler, the Creator. Um, but his following is primarily... Um, it's not primarily the gay culture or um, the dance scene. His following is primarily cis-head men who prefer specific sound from him. Um, so for Beyonce then to have worked with Drake, and my, my, assumption, my assumption is that they worked with each other on this, or they worked on elements of this album, the Renaissance album. And I don't know, maybe Drake was like, oh, actually... I'm gonna like do a little bit of this dance on my own album and i don't know it's a good strategy because drake released his priming us getting us ready um there are four three tracks on drake's album which i'm just like oh my gosh yes honey yes girl we're here for this um and that really primed us up for this offering from beyonce which is just a full a full collection full collection and a body of work which we can really get behind and really get into and it works well with Beyonce because her her audience is primarily made up of LGBTQIA people and cishet women and also I'm sure there must be some straight men out there and you know um who who really really who really who could get into this and really enjoy it one of the things people were really celebrating on this album was the transitions which really make it feel like you're listening to one very, very, very long, long song. Um, The transitions were just, just magical to experience and go through. Um, Specifically between tracks such as Cuff It, Energy, and Church Girl. Oh, maybe, maybe I also need to include Alien Superstar in that because Child. That took me on a whole adventure I really enjoyed that immensely um, Actually one of the first songs That I immediately got into On this album was Cuff it. And the reason for this Is just the two opening lines I feel like falling in love I'm in the mood to F something up the juxtaposition, oh. <laughs> the idea of love and oh, I suppose loving effing is actually <laughs> it worked well together. Um, but in my mind, it's almost as though love is this beautiful, ethereal experience that you're going through, where effing it is more like a, a rebel, a rebelish experience. So I really, I really loved the two opening. Lines of that track, and that really, when I heard those and the beat, I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I absolutely love this song. But maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's start at the beginning. <laughs> I'm that girl. Oh, beautiful, 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 beautiful. So, when I heard the song for the first time, obviously, I liked it. Um, But it was later on during the course of the weekend where I saw a little bit of a snippet of Megan The Stallion saying that she's that girl. And immediately what I thought about this was that, oh my gosh, look at this. This is what makes Beyonce a really, really great artist. I can imagine her, you know, catching a snippet of Megan The Stallion saying that she's that girl, I'm that girl. And then weaving that into a song. And... When I think about it in that context, I'm always to my, I think to myself, oh my gosh, this is what makes you a really, really great pop artist because you're able to take things that are happening in the pop universe, or the, yeah, the pop universe, and weave them into a narrative, into the music. I mean, you definitely do see this in many of the tracks on, um, on Renaissance. You definitely see this weaving of, the language of the language of society or the language of and the language of the audience, the masses in this day and age, weaved into lyrics. Um, and it just it's executed it's executed so well. Um, I mean, yeah you know, I'm not even gonna get into the switch up on I'm that girl when we've been going along on this airy beautiful vibe of you telling us why you're that girl and then all of a sudden we get like this rugged rap feel and it's just like no b you did not have to do this to us i mean it was done really really well on i'm that girl but there is a there's a track later on um thick we oh my word for me on thick she kills it she kills this transition between um the rap version and then the sultry beyonce that we know yeah oh beautiful i'm killing myself because i'm actually just showing how much of a beyonce fan i am out here (laughs) i don't want to talk about cozy but obviously obviously i love it (laughs) but alien superstar child stop it the lyrics I've been seeing around this track floating around are the, from the chorus which is I'm too classy for this world, forever I'm that girl. Yes honey, <laughs> absolutely yes. Um, for me this is the first track where you really feel the ballroom culture coming through. I mean in the pre-chorus where she's like Silido's so kicking vintage crystal off the bar like hello honey. And then we go into category bad bitch, I'm the bar again and anyone who is familiar with even just an inkling of ballroom culture will know that the bar I think is the the highest level that one needs to attain. Maybe not attain but <laughs> the bar's the standard. It's the, it's how how the bad bitches look and act. It's just, it's the standard. <laughs> A sample is then found at the end of Alien Superstar from Barber Tear's 20-minute speech titled Black Theatre and oh gosh, like everything everything about this specific track for me just speaks ballroom and just these couple of lines that were pulled from the speech around we dress a certain way, we walk a certain way, we talk a certain way. Um, for me, really encapsulates ballroom culture. It's a specific vibe. It's a specific mood. Um, it's a specific. It's a specific existence that can't be imitated just anywhere. You know, you have to be a specific character. Love it, love it. I've already spoken about cover, so I'm not going to get into it. But, <laughs> child. I need to have this song at my wedding. (laughs) That's all I know. The song needs to be playing at my wedding because it just feels like a good, a good vibe for me. Um, As I said, this is definitely the first song I fell in love with. Um, And every single time I hear it, I just, I'm always elated. (laughs) Now the transition from Cuff into energy. No, 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 no. She did not have to do us that dirty, like, Flawless. (laughs) Absolutely flawless. Um, Every one of these tracks is my favorite, but that's not going to stop me from saying this is my favorite track also. Um, I loved the transition. Um, I loved the switch up in this track. And just before the switch up, (laughs) where she says, cause them Karens just turned into terrorists. Yeah. Yeah. That had me flipping... <laughs> I flipped out when I heard that. Loved it. Um, this is also the track that I believe, I believe, um, Khalees was saying was... Some of it was taken from her milkshakes track. Which you can sort of hear, but not hear at all. Um, I, I can't... I could not hear it. It's quite. A, it was quite a struggle to hear. In fact myself and another friend of mine um, we were investigating like hey 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 <laughs> where is the sample where where is this track where is milkshakes here you can hear it um but it's a bit of a it's a bit of a catch 22 for me because when you hear the la 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 la's in energy and then you hop onto the next track um, break my soul and the la la la's appear again you're just like oh i don't know what's going on here but i'm here for it <laughs> so definitely a good vibe this track for me the beginning is just oh, flawless flawless do we need to talk about break my soul because i feel like we have been jamming to this track for the last month or so um, no words, no words are needed for this track. In the beginning, yeah, I know, some, some people were just like, what's going on here? What's going on here? Like, we're not ready, like, this must, this is, this is just, a, this is not it for us. Um, but the song has done really, really well, globally. Um, and as I believe, or I might be mistaken, as I believe, the, 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 break my soul was a leak but it was a good leak looking back at everything that has transpired and how we got here it was a really really good leak into leading us into the rest of the album um it feels good ryan continuously complains (laughs) that if it was a leak and it's been out for a while why isn't there a music video um and we'll get into that at the end yeah we'll get into that at the end church girl I love this track. I, l- I really love this track. Um, it samples the vocals of the Church Sisters from a 1981 track, Center of Thy Will, um, in the beginning. And this track reminds me of Get Me Bodied, and that's simply because of the pre-chorus, um, where she's warning everybody soon as she gets in this party. I'm gonna let go of this body, and that for me just reminds me of Get Me Bodied, um, and also just once again the idea of being free, which definitely comes through here because it's explicitly said. Um, I don't know. There's something about the ballroom and this specific track and being free. I mean, when I think about many parts of this album, I'm I I think about. Um, the is it on Netflix now? It wasn't on Netflix originally, but the the series Pose, which really was following um the LGBT an LGBTQIA plus group of friends in New York City, ballroom culture, and this is indicative of that for me. Um, this is a good feel, it's a, it's a good track. And it really does segue into the next, I think two tracks, which are a little bit more slower than the rest of the album. Um, they're not my favorite tracks, but <laughs> the next two, but this was a good one, Oh, Church Girl. I, I have good vibes about this one, I don't know why. Maybe it's just that intro, maybe it's just the intro. But I definitely want to be up in the club, dropping it like a body. Mm, love it. Like I said, "Plastic Off the Sofa" and Vogo's Crew" not my favorite tracks, but they work really, really well with the rest of the body and the work. Um, I loved the runs in the vocal runs in "Plastic Off the Sofa." really well executed, really showing Beyonce's talent, her her range, her, her experience, especially to just be doing all of that, honey. Yes. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Virgo's groove. Um, what can I say about Virgo's groove? I loved, I mean, this is a six minute masterpiece, um, but what I loved about it was the different dance genres that can be found within this specific track i can hear no i can hear homages to michael in here i and i really love that i know that michael is a bit of a an iffy subject in many parts of the world but i really do appreciate that coming through you know because yeah it it works well it works well in this six minute track (laughs) Move for me reminds me of, what does move remind me of? Move reminds me of power from the work that she'd done with, um, for the Lion Kings. For Disney's The Lion King. Move just reminds me of power. Um, not as hard hitting, not as, not as entertaining as I found that track. Um, but still, it's a good track. It's a, it's a really, really good track. When I heard "Heated," uh, oh my gosh, I wanted to die several deaths. <laughs> There's something about this track which really—it's so good. I wanted—I mean, every time I hear it, I just my body wants to just move to it, wants to sway to it, wants to wants to do something to this track because. It's it's just well structured. Um, I mean, I've I've read somewhere that they are there are references to sorry in the specific track um, because sorry she's busy telling Jay Z that she's busy walking out, she's leaving, and here she's busy saying no, 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 honey, I've been that girl, I've been that girl. You know, you've never met a girl who. Yeah, whatever the lyrics are saying there. But, like... I mean, I can hear what the lyrics are saying. But I just don't have time to recall them right now. (laughs) But definitely. Beautiful, 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 beautiful track. Um, The specific track also you do then be... She obviously is making direct reference now to her Uncle Johnny. um, And the dresses that he made. And I suppose this is linked to her earlier clothing line. Not Ivy Park, but... The House of Derriere, was that what it was called? Oh gosh, I think that's what it was called. I think he was definitely instrumental and definitely a part of that, so... This is just a feel-good track for me. I mean, when you get to the end, you're just like, actually... Ballroom, 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 ballroom... All over the show, you know. Um, with the yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Um beautiful i love i love this track this is absolutely one of my absolute favorites and her rapping here (laughs) on point on point b he did was actually one of the tracks i played over and over and over and over again initially because it's that good Mm. Thick. thick thick for me exemplifies Mm-hmm. The experience of, I think for the first two minutes, we're listening to one tone. And by the time we get to, like, the melody is going in one direction, you know. You, you know what you're expecting in terms of the melody. And then at around two minutes, there's just this switch up. That drove me wild. It drove me absolutely wild. I, I loved how fast-paced... The song became and i was like this is excellent this is what i need to be hearing it was it it's phenomenal um the song like many of the songs in this album does remind me of an 80s kind of feel once again the ballroom references all over the place here <laughs> all over this body of work um and i'm here for it i'm here for it in every Every way, it is definitely more pronounced just a little bit later on on this album, but on thick, mm. child, that two-minute drop, jeez. No, 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 no. That switch-up finished me. <laughs> and then we got to All Up In Your Mind. Ah, no, guys. No, 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 When I mean, this and heated and thick. I have I have replayed this track way too many times. I initially, I thought there was some sampling going on, but I just couldn't I couldn't find anything to to say. Actually, there was some sampling going on here. No, this hyper pop experience. Um, in fact, not experience a genre. This hyper pop. This hyper-pop genre that she gives us. oh lord, no. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I I don't know what it is about... Because it's a very, it's very, it's a very simple track. Lyrically, that is. Lyrically, it's a very simple track. The words are easy to remember. It's very catchy. It's very... Damn, it's just everything that you need to hear. Like, every single time I hear this track, I... I want to be, I want to be in a club. In fact, this whole album, I want to be in a club. I want the strobe lights to be flashing during this specific track, you know, and I want different versions or oh, even if this was a video, I, I just wanted to, I just want to, I just want to be immersed in this track because for me, it, it It hit me so good, so well. Like I said, I've, I've literally played this track too many times. I'm actually going to play it. Again, right now. <laughs> uh, that was so good. America has a problem. Uh. <laughs> when I saw the title of this track, I immediately thought, okay, she's going to give us, like, I don't know, some something reminiscent of freedom, you know, where we're talking about the social issues, where we are we were forced to apply our minds and really think lyrically about what's going on here. Nope, that's not what happened here. (laughs) Um, This song is really all about, it's about her, you know. Um, It's about her, it's about cocaine, it's about drugs, it's about women's sex appeal and... The reason why I think that this track works really, really well, like I've been talking about, this episode, the ballroom scene, the 80s, pose. Cocaine was an issue, you know. Drugs were... Cocaine was an issue. And... This works well. This works well as part of... um, The story um, within this body of work. And I really, really loved it for that. Um, I I really... This... I don't know. For me, this whole album is just a, a complete gay experience. Um, if you've ever watched Pose, I think you'll get it. Um, just by the fact that you are traveling through the 80s. You're traveling through dan- the dance move, but the ballroom culture in the 80s. That's what you're traveling through here. And it's beautiful. I, I love it. And maybe it's because I just love ballroom culture and I love... What goes on in the ballrooms? <laughs> and speaking about ballrooms, what better song to encapsulate that culture but pure honey. Uh check my technique! Good gracious me, I... I fell in love with this track when I heard it, obviously. <laughs> like, I fell in love with all the other tracks before this. <laughs> um feel good, makes you want to vogue, makes you want to strut, makes you want to, I don't know, makes you want to be a bad bitch, you know, whether it's about money or just being bad. I, I loved it. I loved it once again. The ballroom feeling is definitely evident here. Um, What more can I say? Yeah, love it. Which finally brings us to Summer Renaissance and this track was sampled from Donna Summer's classic I Feel Love and though in Beyonce's version it's not I Feel Love but it's so good and lyrically um, what I love about this is I mean fine you've changed it from I Feel Love to It's So Good but not that you're fighting between the two tracks, but you're transported in this instance for me. You're transported to the 70s when this track came out and what it must have meant to that that audience at that time. Um, I mean, yes, I can hear the It's So Good, but what I'm feeling is Donna Summer's version of I Feel Love. And I don't know if that properly... Um, Describes or yeah, describes what the song does for me. I definitely love the hood version of Beyoncé on this. Um, that always excites me. It always excites me when she goes into rap Beyoncé, like yeah, break out the dirty words. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for the clean, simple Beyoncé getting dirty. Um... But I definitely love the song once again. Makes me want to dance, makes me want to get up. I feel free. I can definitely see this track being played at the end of a concert because of it's just, it's just a feel good. It's just a damn feel good. You know, the curtains are being, the curtains are being like drawn and everything is like shutting down, but you know, I feel good. It's so good. Um, And I feel love during this moment. So yeah, beautiful, beautiful track. Beautiful. It's, it's super hard for me to give like a critique of this album, um, given that there's so many elements of it that I love, um, it's, it's a damn, it's a, it's just a damn good body of work, um, as I've said, each, it feels like one really, really, really long track that you're listening to and I've listened to the album from start to end a couple of times and never once have I ever felt like oh I just want this to speed up so I can get to the next track no and maybe it's because the album is still fresh it's still new to me and I'm still going through the emotions of experiencing it but that's very rare for me especially in 2022 when What is likely to happen is I just want to hear that one track and I just want to play that one track over and over and over again until I'm tired of it. In this, in this case, with this body of work, I want to hear everything from start to end all the time, all the time. Obviously, there are specific songs which I will gravitate to and I'll play over and over again, as I've expressed on this podcast. But this, this was a flawless piece of work. The homages to the past, the the sampling of tracks of that era the references to drug culture but oh my word i don't even know how to explain it. it's a whole narrative that's going on here and it can really be missed if you're just listening to the music for the sake of listening to the music and you're not listening you're not hearing the bohem culture um what cocaine meant in the 70s and the 80s what was happening to black culture what was happening to lgbtqia plus people in that time and space you know um that is really weaved really well together in this body of work when i think about the specific album as i've said repeatedly on this specific episode it reminds me of pose it just reminds me of pose all the time and pose was beautifully was a beautifully crafted series just exploring ballroom culture in the 80s um I think it also got its inspiration from Paris is Burning which was also another documentary which looked specifically at um LGBTQIA experiences during this time I mean what you get here is you get all the all the heightened emotions around having a good time dancing Strutting in the ballrooms, um, voguing, twirling, um, showcasing your talent, showcasing your face, whatever the case might have been. And you don't get necessarily the harsh reality and the experiences that many LGBTQIA plus people were living through during this time. As we must always remember, this was at the height of AIDS. This was when um, all around you, I can imagine I was not there um, all around you, but from the documentaries I've seen all around you, seeing your brothers and sisters who are just like you dying off, which has really left a deficit. Oh my God, I'm getting into another topic. I don't want to get into this topic, but for me, it has really left a deficit within LGBTQIA plus community, as in we don't have those elders or those representations of what it means to live a full gay life around us in this day and age um which is a completely different topic let's get back to the music (laughs) so this album for me gives me all of the heightened joy of the era um without the without the realities of the era but 10 out of 10. 10s across the board 10s across the board for this one um (laughs) 10-10-10. It was was really, really... It was a really good album. A really good offering. From start to finish. And I think that she's done what she intended to do. um, A while back. When... In one interview where she had said that... No one listens to music anymore. You know, no one really goes through a body of work. Um, I think it is really important to note that... There has been no, there are no visuals currently at the time of this recording of this podcast. There are no visuals to support this album. All we have right now is the lyrics and the music to live off of. Um, And I wonder if that's intentional because in a lot of places that I've read and I've seen, um, this is act one of three. And maybe, well, I'm hoping, not even maybe, I'm hoping Act 2 is the visual representation of this album, um, which will be super exciting because then we will have spent the weekend and the coming week, or the rest of this week at least, listening to this album, delving into it. And then when we get the visual representation of the album, then it's just reliving everything over again and better understanding and having clarity of what she was aiming to do with this body of work so i'm hopefully i'm hoping that that's the direction she's going in and that she just doesn't leave us in the lurch and we have to wait another couple of months before we get a new body of work um but this was really exciting loved this album from start to finish obviously (laughs) it's evident i have my favorites but yeah yeah it was it was a good album Oh my gosh, I think this was the longest podcast I've ever recorded. <laughs> that being said, thank you once again for tuning in, for listening so into me talk and ramble on about um, the Renaissance album. Um, if you haven't heard it, I suggest you do. Um, I really do suggest you do. <laughs> if you haven't heard it, I suggest you do, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I do. Um, it was a really good album. That being said, I hope to see you guys and oh, I'm not going to see you guys. I hope you guys tune in next week. Who knows what we'll be discussing. Um, but yeah, as always, you can reach out to me on my handles. I am Woody Woods. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I don't know about Facebook, but you can definitely reach out to me and I will definitely try to respond to any of your questions. Um... Yeah, so much love, love, light and happiness until next week. Bye.